All right. So this this week or today, you were given the. I'm, I'm feeling indecisive and a little bit in a funk tonight. So I have given you three options on how to proceed with the start of this show, and you chose. You made the wrong choice. So, <laughs> as you mentioned, we have not talked about um, Michael Bublé, uh, America's favorite Canadian, in a while. So he's a uh, a, a native of the uh, Metro Vancouver area. I think he was actually born in Surrey um, or possibly Burnaby. Let me check uh, his Wikipedia. No, he was born in Burnaby. Okay. Burnaby is kind of like the um, the Castro Valley of Vancouver. Does that make sense? I'll I'll take your word for it. Or it's you're, it's the, you're the um, you're the Canadian expert here on the show. Hell, hell yeah, I am. Like, I, I need my exit strategy. Um, or it's, it's, it's the garden grove of Canada, but, um, yeah, so this, this, this story doesn't make sense. So I have a link that you'll put in the show, you'll drop in the show notes, uh, from dailyhive.com. And there was a Twitter, a TikTok, some, some type of social video where, uh, one Michael Buble on June 2nd posted that he went. So one thing that you may or may not know about Canada is that they only have one, major baseball team it's kind of you know remember you know the whole thing with major league baseball we have the world series but the world basically means the u.s and then the blue jays right yeah so they they don't have a lot of uh, they actually only have one mlb team but they have many um triple a or uh, minor league teams so in vancouver they have the vancouver canadians and at the minor league stadium they have something called the yard dog which doesn't make sense for multiple reasons because as you may remember in Canada, they use the metric system, and yard is a American type of measurement. But he posted a video, and you can drop a link to the tweet. Um, but Michael Bublé sang the Canadian national anthem, maybe? Uh, took his kid on a nice baseball game, but he went to Nat Bailey Stadium and ate, or at least took a bite of. We don't have any conclusive proof, but he ate, <laughs> he, he took a bite out of a three-foot long hot dog that you can get at Nat Bailey Field. Well, so this Daily Hive article, which will be in the notes, a couple of corrections here. He uh, he, he apparently sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Um, which is basically and... O Canada. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a quote that he had zero regrets after devouring the hot dog, which... No, no, hold on. No, 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 no. You're not reading it right. Quote, the singer shared that he had, quote, zero regrets after devouring the large format wiener, which is a sentence I don't ever want to read again. <laughs> so. Is that like the, uh, that's that's the Magnum bottle of um, hot hey, dogs? Hey, this is a family show. <laughs> Always taken into the gutter. I'm... No, that's, that's, that's what a, a large format wine bottle is. Uh, or a, a magnum bottle of wine is called a large format wine. So, so there's nothing dirty about that. So, two things with that. So, one, yeah, this goes back to the Apple event that we'll talk about. But uh, the only time I've ever heard large format is related to photo printers, which which would generally mean a photo printer larger than twenty inches in width. And they had one in that weird Apple Photo Studio, which did, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, it's, it sounds like something you would have. I have a, I have a night, I have a, the maximum size my Canon photo printer can print is 13 by 19. It seems like you need something that can print 
I do. I that. do. But the only other option <laughs> is, is the Epson P900, which I had to return because it uses pigment inks instead of dye inks, which means it has a gloss differential. That's something that nobody cares about. And it's entirely mm, fine. Damn, damn gloss differential. I hate when that gets can, in the way. Can, I will give you, if you can guess, if you can make a guess that's anywhere near what that means, I'll be so happy. It, I, it's, I assume it's not something as simple as just the amount of gloss that's on the photo. No, the issue is that if you're using a semi-gloss paper, <laughs> this is not interesting, um, with pigment ink systems, if you have something that's kind of like a, a cloud or like a, an area that does not have a lot of ink coverage, it shows through the paper. So when you're looking at it at an angle, you see these areas that have no ink on them and it looks visually jarring. Got it. And apparently that's something I did not research before I bought a $1,200 printer that had to go back. <laughs> anyway, so what was the thing with Michael? Uh, oh, no, not, not a first name basis. Uh, with Mr. Buble. So um, you said there were two corrections. Uh, well, the fact that he sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game" and not the Canadian National Anthem. And you said that there was, well... I guess the second thing that you said about there being no proof that he actually ate the hot dog still does hold true. But he there's took, at least he took an one in, bite. There's an insinuation that maybe he ate the entire thing. Maybe but who, who I, knows? I feel like he's one of those people who would like that was that's the thing on in movie sets where like you're you're doing forty takes and if like there's a scene where you're at a bar or like if, if it's James Bond and he's having a what's his thing what, what what's the James Bond drink. Something uh, shaken the, the nuts. Mar- martini. Yeah. Yeah, martini. but he, but if they're doing forty takes, he's not he's not doing forty swigs or whatever. Like half of them are going to be fake. So that's this is a stunt hot dog, is what I'm saying. I feel like this this hot dog is kind of like a like a never meet your heroes type thing where <laughs> like in in text it sounds kind of like a a funny sort of thing that I'm like semi interested in, mm-hmm. but then when you actually see a photo of it, it it's so floppy. It's, it's, yeah. Mm. And yeah. also, um, I fucking, so, so Michael Buble has these fucking like Joe Biden glasses. I don't, I don't like the, he looks, I don't know, uh, as much as I don't care for his music and the, and the croonerism, he, Michael Buble has always kind of felt like a oh, high class is the wrong word, but he, he kind of feels like, like, kind of like a classy ish guy. Sure. Seeing yeah. him at the ballpark, he's, he feels a little schlubby. And, that, and, that, and that's spoken to somebody who is sitting in front of an air conditioner in a 600-square-foot apartment. I am no to be talking, but um, yeah, he, he, you know, he's, he's wearing this camo hat. It's not really doing it for me in front of a floppy three-foot <laughs> hot dog. It's, just, it's, it's a lot. Hmm. Anyway, as I told you, you chose wrong of the three potential openers. But with that, we will take a detour to uh, the second-choice pick. And I don't think we showed this. This, this keeps. Uh, this is our um, the long tail of the series finale of Better Call Saul, which is that AMC Networks, uh, which I guess is not the consumer-facing Twitter account, posted what is possibly the driest um, way to boast the adoption of their streaming service. So the the tweet says that at Better Call Saul ends the first half of its sixth and final season as the number. Uh, Number one acquisition driver in the history of AMC Plus. That's not saying much. With strong linear ratings. I don't actually know what that means in terms of a streaming service. And Lalo levels of social intensity. Which I think that's fun. 
Hmm. What is linear ratings when it, with with respect to does would that imply people who watch it the same night it's released? I well no I I, I take that to mean strong ratings on like AMC proper and not on like not streamed oh. through the AMC or AMC Plus apps. That makes sense. Oh, oh, I've never actually seen data on this. So mid-season finale on May twenty, uh, May twenty third, delivered two point two million viewers in Nielsen Live plus, plus three. Better, Better Call Saul is the number three cable drama for the. Huh. I don't know why I feel like it would. Like I always thought, Better Call Saul was kind of like Succession in that it's really talked about and liked by a, a certain demographic, but it's probably not that widely watched. Man, number three cable drama is not bad. Yeah, but it, you actually were taking this in the exact same direction I was about to, which is that whenever I see these ratings numbers for shows that I watch, it, it is a reminder that shows that you think are crazy popular and that oh, you feel yeah. like everyone is watching, it's actually, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively small number of people. Oh, totally. Even in the heyday of like, you're aware of the Big Bang Theory? Right. Like, it's just like something like that, like a show that's just objectively fucking horrible is watched by <clears throat> like literally ten times as many people as it, it, succession. Literally, yeah. No, no, like right. it, it's like tw- yeah. ever just like or young Sheldon or whatever. Then the, they because they, they were like, oh yeah, we can't let this sacred cow end, so they had to make a thing. Like, what if he's ten years younger or whatever? And yeah, it's watched by twenty million people. And what is literally one of the best shows of the past ten years is watched by a tenth of that number of people. It's it's just absurd. Yeah, or like even with um this this Game of Thrones prequel thing that's on HBO, um, it premiered to I think it was something like ten million people, and it was like the biggest HBO premiere of all time, and like they were super happy with the numbers, and it was like, oh yeah, that's the, the these ratings numbers are are just not not what you would think they would be as a, as a big fan of a show. Yeah, but the the uh, the calculations and just kind of the value proposition is more complicated than it used to be. Where, um, like, you have to think about like, oh well, how so? Sure, this is a show that was made for cable, but how is it going to do? What, what's going to be the long tail on streaming services? What is the marketability of this overseas? So it's not just a ratings play anymore, but in terms of like buzz and and um, like how much people are talking about it, which is what buzz means. Is it, it 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 it's tough for something to toil in obscurity. Like I can't think of another show that. No, Mad Men was genuinely popular the entire time. Yeah, I mean, Better Call Saul probably is the one thing where, and I mean, Breaking Bad didn't really hit a fever pitch until like season four in terms of acclaim and wide viewership. So, right. Yeah. All right, what do we have in terms of main business? Are we just going to jump right into Apple stuff? I think we should. Yeah, kind of a, a John Syracusean sort of format where we just we jump straight straight into the event. Can I be the one? Even though he's his whole thing is he's supposed to not do any homework. I legitimately did no homework, so let's just throw that out there. <laughs> you watch the keynote. That's I took. I have seven earnest bullet points of notes here. Hey, there we go. Um, I like uh, the ones where you're prepared. Um, well, Apple, I mean, Apple and, uh, Tim Cook kind of made it easy on us because the event started with him just very clearly stating the agenda today was Apple watch, AirPods and, uh, iPhones. 
um, it was kind of interesting because in addition to just laying out the fact that those are going to be the three products talked about, the way that he framed it was they were going to talk a lot about deeper ways in which these products are integrated with each other. And unless I missed it, I, I didn't really pick up on any sort of new feature or set of features that related to like integration between um, those three products. I would say they sort of executed on that. So, I mean, so um, Apple Fitness Plus uh, is now available. If you don't have an Apple Watch, the crest detection feature that we'll talk about is now is available both on the iPhone 14 line and the Apple Watch Series 8 because they both have the high G gyroscope thingy. And the AirPods Pro maybe ties it together. Like they, they mentioned very clearly about kind of how you hand off calls and audio between the different devices yeah, like i i think kind of but i mean that's an existing feature and i guess i was thinking more of like continuity and like i don't know more we, i don't mean to immediately derail into like the kind of the the meta conversation around the event but i i just i thought that framing at the beginning didn't really pan out but anyway, that that's neither here nor there. Well, but Tim also um, wasn't standing in 90 degree heat, so he was obviously fake. So, I mean, it is what it is. Well, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe that is the last meta thing to talk about before talking about the event itself, which is that this was just another pre-recorded video. I, once it was clear that media was invited and that they were going to be invited into the Steve Jobs Theater, I really thought that it would end up being more of a traditional kind of pre-COVID live Apple event. And one of the reasons I thought Apple would do that is because the timing of this event is coinciding with them ramping up their return to office plans at Apple Park. And I thought they might use it as a way of sort of showing that, well, you know, we expect our employees to come back into the office. So, you know, we're going to kind of go back to our you know, pre-COVID style of um, presentation. But but that was that was not the case at all. I, I guess um, I guess people who were in the Steve Jobs Theater just were looking at a big screen, I suppose, because um, there was no no live component of the show today. And they were honored to be there. <laughs> yeah, we don't don't need to go down that that mm -hmm. rabbit hole again. Um all right, so the event started oh wait, you're supposed to be driving. The event started with a very uh not awkward is the wrong word. Bad? Cuz I feel like they've done this twice before where it started with like a like an 8-minute video of people and were they reading other people's stories or were these supposed to be their own stories? Well, well, I mean, this this gets at the the heart of what I think is the problem with a video like that, which is, and I, I mentioned this to you offline, online as well, which is it's taking a sort of what's supposed to be a sincere, genuine story, or in this case, I guess, set of stories, and is wrapping them in a really highly produced video, which I feel like really takes away from the the message. Which, you know, it, it, exactly because of reasons like you don't even know if these are the real people or, or if these are actors. Well, no, I, I don't even mean that. Like, I mean, they're, they're obviously actors. Or, I mean, I would really, really think so. But it, it feels like they're reading other people's letters. Like, they're not reading their own letters, is my point. No, no, no. They, they were telling their own stories. Hmm. Yeah, no, that, that part they were definitely doing. Okay. 
Well, but with it, I mean, basically, like, it's just it, you're getting, a, like, 10 different uh, overlapping stories about how the Apple Watch was a pivotal life-saving device in their existence. And it just, I get it, but uh, but again, like, I they've done that before, haven't they? Like, I, I guarantee there have been uh, at least one or possibly two other keynotes where there was a, a highly produced thing about here's how the Apple Watch saved my life. I don't know. It, 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 I, I, think, I think you're right. Um, yeah, and, and this, this was definitely a presentation that was heavy on the ways that Apple devices can save your life. Yeah. Like, but I mean, it, it just felt, it felt weird. It felt like, again, it being overly produced, it has, it undercuts the, the gravity of the situation or, or the sincerity of it. Cause you, it, 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 the, it not just being somebody telling something in their own words makes it much more obvious that it's a marketing vehicle than just telling a story. Right. So, Anyway, didn't didn't care for that at all. Like I like I do think the Apple Watch is a very like I mean I I I like my Apple Watch. I'm I'm as well as we cover like as we all cover up. We probably not gonna get the new one, but like it I I like it. It, it it's a it's a net it's a net positive in my life. But it it's a little heavy handed. And also the thing was uh, wasn't the thing framed as like the first minute and a half of it was people saying "Dear Tim." Like it was very weird in that sense. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Kind of a, an odd an odd start. Um, but after that video, we we jump into uh, the first of of two. Well, I guess actually technically three new Apple Watches, uh, which is the Series Eight. And you know, you alluded to this just a second ago. Like the the headline for me personally is that you know, as as the name implies, right? We are now on the eighth iteration of apple watches it's been out since what 2015 mm-hmm. and dur- during that time i have bought a new apple watch every single year just like i do with the iphone this is going to be the first year where i i don't do that um and i actually kind of started thinking that way even before the event this morning where it kind of dawned on me the other day that um there wasn't anything in terms of features that was jumping out at me. And then the other thing, I think this actually is probably what really got me to start thinking about this is that the rumor came out that they were going to discontinue um, the, the titanium edition version of the watch. And as we discussed extensively last year and may get into a little bit more tonight, like the the one of the main problems with the current Apple Watch lineup um, is that there just there aren't any good colors, and the one exception to that last year was the was the black titanium um, model, which is which is the one that I have, and so you know because this year they've they've gotten rid of that, there there are no there are no good Apple Watch colors. So because of that, and because of the really complete lack of new features that are relevant to me there's there you know there really just is no no reason why i would upgrade to a series eight so i think it's a little harsh um but because i still think the graphite stainless steel is, is, is it, quite nice so not i mean not to not to hate on your watch i mean this is just a, a genuine question but is it not the same like 
muddy gray that the graphite is like on the iPhone? No, it's because it, it the shine makes it nicer. It's like it's a very dive thing people may call like is it's a very dark shiny gunmetal, I guess. Okay. It's a nice that's good. it's an extremely good. deep dark silver, which I think is pleasant. And, I, and this is spoken to somebody who Oh, was like lamented the fact that they. I think they made space black exclusive to the Hermes line, or, or sorry, the Hermes line. Like it's just well. It's, so, so I, I think we may have even talked about this. Like, well, yeah, probably as part of like our Series Seven conversation last year, where like I had thought there was a just you know regular nice black in the stainless steel version, and and you agreed that you thought there was one, and I didn't realize until just this evening. Um on the series eight. And I think this was actually the case with the series seven as well, that there is still a space black, uh, stainless steel version, but it's exclusive to just like you said, the Hermes line. And like, it's not even something they mentioned during the presentation today. Like when they talked about the different colors that Apple watch series eight was available on, they listed, you know, the, the, the aluminum colors, which just like last year are all bad. And then they talked about stainless steel, and they only listed graphite, silver, and gold. And they made no mention of um, space black. But when you look at the the Apple Store website, you can see that space black stainless steel is an option. And when you filter for it, you're only shown configurations with the um, Hermes bands. So I mean, that's, but, that, that's no good. But I mean, but Apple gives you choice. I mean, so you can always choose to buy the uh, the Hermes one and then buy a separate band. So you have a band that doesn't look ridiculous. So ultimately, you can get a nice. Well, but you're spending. You a, but I mean, but you're it's, spending it's, an absurd amount of money. Well, I mean, but I mean, uh, you you got to spend money to make money. You got to. <laughs> um, well, I I mean, again, like maybe not to belabor the point from last year, but I, I'm really, really shocked at the color decisions with apple watch and i mean apple has been making weird color choices for many many years now like it, there, there's probably a good debate about what's stranger like apple's color decisions or name decisions which we'll, we'll probably get into some of that too tonight but it's it's bizarre to me that there's not just a like classic you know black or dark gray color on the apple watch because like midnight on the aluminum, I, I mean, I don't think I've actually ever seen a midnight aluminum watch in person. But assuming it's the same finish as the MacBook Air that I'm looking at right now, like midnight is not black. Like it's it's definitely blue, especially in bright sunlight. And I I, I don't want my Apple Watch being blue. And then I, I guess I'll take your word on the graphite stainless steel version being nice because. Every other device that Apple's ever put out in graphite, including my current iPhone 13 Pro Max, I, I always just think is a just a bad color of gray. Yeah, potentially. But so, I mean, uh, so anyway, so the, the Series 8 Apple Watch, other than color, so I have a couple of questions for you or a couple of things I would like clarified because I have extremely limited notes. So is the screen brighter? No, so that I because because they talked unless... about they talked about two specific things that I took note of. Then I couldn't tell if these were new features or just restating features that were already in the seven. They said brighter screen and crack resistant. Have I, either I, of those things changed? I believe 
Um, and I, I'm going to try to look this or validate this in real time. Um, but I believe those were just sort of like recaps of what it, what existed on the series seven. Okay. Yeah. And, so and then I'm, is I'm, there, I'm, I'm is... perusing, I'm perusing the, this nine to five Mac summary and, and the, the only two new features um, that it highlights are the same two that Apple talked about in the event, which is the addition of two different sensors, a temperature sensor um, and a um, crash detection sensor, G4 sensor or whatever Apple calls it. But I, I, I believe that the screen, the processor, everything else about the watch is identical to Series 7. So that I don't think so. I mean, it's a, specifically with the processor because they mentioned that the Apple Watch SE, which we'll get to, is um, has the same S8 SIP. So I doubt the S the Series 7 had the S8. So I assume it's marginally faster. No, the, the, it's the the processor is definitely the same, and the, oh. the processor has been the same for a number of years now. Like the Series 7 had exactly the same processor that the Series 6 did. And the rumor is that next year's watch is going to be a new a new chip and probably like a redesign and and you know, overall be a bigger update. I'll take your word for it, but that okay. Yeah, no that that's that's definitely true. Um, and that you know that that's exactly why like I'm not upgrading this year because you know the 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 temperature sensor um, I haven't looked into this in more detail but it this is largely in line with the the rumors that were out before the event which is that the temperature sensor wasn't really meant to be like you weren't you weren't going to be able to like look at your watch and, and get a temperature reading of your body just like you would with like a you know under the tongue or ear thermometer um Instead, it was going to be a little more like relative body temperature. And that, that really was what was highlighted today. And it, it was specifically focused on um, menstrual cycle tracking, um, which is just, you know, it's, it's for me and like my family, that's just not a, that's not something that, you know, is like of, of interest to me at the moment. So there's that. And then there's the, you know, the crash detection feature. And, you know, with that, like, you know, it's it, it kind of a neat, like a neat idea, uh, but wouldn't be something I, you know, up, upgrade my watch to get. But then, you know, like 30 minutes later in the presentation, when they said that the, the new iPhones would have it too, it was like, oh, well, then that's, that's really not, not a reason to, to upgrade. Yeah, and and I definitely can't like I, I mean I'm, I'm appreciative uh, you can't fault Apple for this, but a lot of the things that were sort of touted as new features with the series the series the series eight are being like backwards ported just due to the to nature of of watchOS nine coming to the older ones. So there is um, uh, enhanced low power mode, so that if you do need to kind of may stretch out the battery life of your Apple Watch, you have the option to do that. And then also, um, what was the other one? 
Oh, the international roaming, which generally when you buy a, a cellular-based Apple Watch in the United States, it is it is only compatible with your U.S. carrier. So you will now have the option. I think they said Series 4 or Series 5 and later. That is a feature that will be given to all of those. So, yeah, a, a lot of the updates that were kind of, and, I, and I'm not saying disingenuously, but were, were announced alongside or framed as, as advantages of the Series 8 will actually be software enhancements that will apply to just as well to a series seven yeah that when they talked about low power mode i i definitely interpreted that as being a series eight exclusive thing and i I was even thinking like oh that's lame that they're gonna they're gonna lock this behind the the new watch but but no they yeah they ended that part of their presentation saying that series four and up was going to be able to um use that as part of watch os9 um which is awesome so, I mean, the whole thing is that, you know, Apple, I don't think, well, I mean, of course, they would want you to buy a new Apple Watch every year, but that's not really like their primary audience. Like, that's what, that's not what normal people do. So, you know, if you're upgrading from, say, like a Series 4 or something, like, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a, a, a great, a great update. Um, and this but, is very similar to the thing that happened with, was it, was it the Series 4 to 5 or the Series 5 to 6 where... Very, 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 very little changed on it. Like the one, the one right after the always on screen got announced was an extremely minor update. I, I was thinking about that. There, there has been one year, um, yeah, like a handful of years ago, where it was a similar situation, and I, I still did upgrade, but I guess I'm uh, older and uh, wiser now, as you would say. Well, and I mean the the big thing too <laughs> is that they they literally like. They don't like. I don't like the look of any of these watches, and the my current watch, which I I do like the look of, they don't have a replacement for. So, so um, <laughs> so I'm I'm really hoping that um, I'm hoping that the rumors next year pan out, and this we're gonna get like a a redesign, new processor, and all that, and then Apple use that as an opportunity to correct their mistakes on the color decisions they've made on apple watch the best colors still available i've come around i'm i'm i've 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 left space black in the past and you know what graphite stainless steel is a classy look okay well i i i'm not even well i mean i obviously i've i guess i've i've seen you with that watch but i guess i've never actually like noticed it so well, i, it, I it, guess it, I haven't... It, didn't, it didn't attract negative attention so you didn't think it was garish that, that's true that's true. That's and that's uh, the that's the the like the strongest compliment is. <laughs> um, and Michael Bublé has the same watch as me. Oh, there you go. I have no idea. He's probably a Samsung guy. Um, so that that, right, was, so that was Series Eight. So SE um, is basically the exact. So it does feel like Apple has put more of their ass, or they've done a more more assed job, or a less half at. Uh, that's the uh, a. <clears throat> less half-assed job than they did with the uh, original SC, where that one kind of just didn't really... Because it was, it was very much undercut, and there was a, there was a pretty solid discussion of this on Upgrade, where um, the original SC was undercut by the fact that Tim just could not let the Series 3 go. So that existed at 199 and I think the SC slotted in at 279 or 299 So... And it didn't have the always-on display, and it just—it just the feature well, parity or mismatch but, just did not make any sense. 
but real but real time follow up. I mean, the 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 new SE doesn't have the always on display or anything either. Does it I not? Think that, I think it does. The, I thought the, literally the only thing it, it lacked was the blood oxygen sensor mm, and a few mm, other things. No, the the new Still? the new SE the new SE other than the addition of um the um the crash detection um sensor other than the addition of that well and and the fact that they color matched the the back of the watch to the body of the watch outside of those two changes i think this se is identical to the original se so same screen same processor same everything what yeah. the fuck so yeah, so, so i'm at, at apple.com slash apple watch se because I looked at this earlier today, and I was like looking. Because you just look at the thing where they have like you have your feature parity across different things, and yeah. So I was I was like, okay, I knew it's going to lack the ECG sensor and the blood oxygen thing, and most other things were similar, other than the temperature sensor uh, between that and the ultra. But still, no always on display. That's so cheap. I mean, I get the point of differentiation, but that's such a weird thing to hold back on. Right, because like this, so, this, a, so this, the, the the SE was a, I think basically a series four or a series five, without without the always on display. But do so you, it's do, just just the same. Do you know? Oh no 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 no. Okay, I was because I was going to ask you. Do you know? Is it like the same edge to edge screen? But no, this is still a forty four and a forty. So it's yeah. Not. No, it's it's it's. Uh, again, other than oh, the minor cosmetic mind. change and the addition of that one extra sensor, it, it's identical to the original SE. No, I, t- I take it all back. How, how dare um, they? And it's it's thirty dollars cheaper. Yeah, it used to than, launch at two seventy nine, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of trying to slot down into that series three spot but you know isn't isn't quite there although with with discounts and stuff especially over the holidays i'm I'm sure you'll be able to to get one of these things for 199 um so yeah i mean that they spent (laughs) they spent about 45 seconds on the new se which which is probably about right so i mean i think Um, so the se serves a purpose and 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 i will I still think it should be priced either more aggressively or they should fix the always on display thing. But the situation where the SE is really vital for them is that is for the, um, is it called family setup? So basically uh, beginning with iOS 14 and watch OS seven, uh, Apple made a feature where you can um, use your iPhone and then set up uh, an I, an Apple watch for a senior citizen uh, for a senior citizen family member, an elderly family member, or a child you don't want to give a smartphone to yet. And with the Series 7 or, or like the flagship model, uh, but the aluminum version of the of the, the nice one, always starting out at $499, like, it, it has a purpose. It, it is weird of where they're choosing to make the feature compromises, but like, I get it. Kind Like, I mean, what else are they going to do? I mean, other than put an always I, I, on display, but... I mean, I, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I mean, I I think the Apple Watch starting at two forty nine is is pretty good. Well, yeah, and the SE. I mean, the SE, other than not having the always on display, like, I mean, is there anything else that it's missing that you would consider like critical to the Apple Watch experience? Like, I don't, I don't think so. No, I mean, but you're not eligible for a dear Tim letter. 
because it's, because it's not telling you about how it's saving your life from atrial fibrillation, which I don't, I'm not making light of, but I mean, but the, that their budget model does apparently is not going to save your life. It, and the flagship it, of the product is to save your life. It, it, it well, not in real time correction. It, it actually does have the irregular rhythm notification and cardio fitness notifications. The well, so same then, as but then, the, what, then what's the ECG? Are those different things? Because that yeah, is yeah, lacking. E- EC, yeah. ECG is that's different. What is an ECG? Don't fail me now, Google. It, it's it's like a it's a separate it's a separate measurement outside of what the um, rhythm and cardio fitness notifications are looking for. Got it. So yeah, I mean the, the SE I think is a it's an important product. Perf- but they- it's 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 a it's a perfectly capable Apple Watch, and I I think for two forty nine, and and again you're going to be able to find it for less than that. Um, I think I think that's pretty good. So I I don't know I. I don't have a major problem with the SE. I just think in the, in the year of our Lord 2022, like it, like having an uh, not having the always on screen is just kind of lame. Because did because the series five, like they 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 know how to make it. There there has been a, a, a like the flagship Apple Watch that was a 40 and a 44 and had the always on screen. So it's not like it's they, they're having to like backport that feature, right? Like the Series Five had always on display and was that screen size, so they know how to make it. It's just an artificial. Well, maybe I'll, I'll put it this way, or put it a different way. So there, with the GPS only model, there's a hundred and fifty dollar price difference between the new SE and the Series Eight. And then if you want cellular, um, it's a two hundred dollar difference in starting price. Like I'm not really sure that there's a two hundred dollar price difference between those two watches i mean i think i think so maybe maybe the maybe the problem is series eight is too expensive but i think you're doing your math um, wrong so sorry you said it's 150 dollar difference well yeah so the, the gps all, it so it's two so mm-hmm. the it's two 249 versus for the se versus well no 499 is where the gps and cellular um model of the series eight starts gps only starts at 399 are you sure i i am sure i'll send you the no, no, it's, it's actually fine. a pretty it's pretty nice uh pretty nice page where you can compare the three different models and you scroll down a little ways and You're there's right. there's pricing. Yeah. I'm I'm used to all the pricing that I normally see, which is which is cellular only. Right. Never mind. Um Okay. So so yeah, I mean I I I think the SC has always been fine and continues to be well, slightly more fine because <laughs> it's it, the the price got brought down. Um, would have been, I mean, I, I guess maybe we're saying the same thing, like in the sense that like, yeah, I totally agree with you that it would have been a little nicer if they could have gotten the always on display in there as well, but kept it as an entry level Apple watch, but I'm not super offended that, that they didn't, yeah. but so then, you know, the they, they, they had stuff. to, yeah, they had to breeze past the SE because, um, they needed to talk extensively about the, the new, New member of the Apple Watch family, which is the Apple Watch Pro, um, is yeah, is, is not the Apple Watch Pro, which which in retrospect, and Gruber actually had a good post about this, I think uh, last night, where he summed it up really nicely, which is that you know if this ends up being like a extreme sports kind of focused watch, which it, this very much ended up being, like the Pro name didn't really make sense. Um, and so sure enough, we have the Apple Watch Ultra, which is also 
a bit of a strange name choice when you consider the fact that now when you look at Apple's product lineup on the Mac, Ultra means highest performance. And on the watch, Ultra means extreme sports, <laughs> which is uh which but is also, strange, but but the um like that 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 word or that suffix or that prefix has kind of become meaningless for a number of reasons. So I mean, so in terms of like cellular stuff on five G, there's ultra wide band, and there's also is it called the U one chip, which is the thing in AirTags that allows you to do like in with the new AirPods, which allows you to do the directional orientation of like location stuff. That's that's the U one, right? So they've used I, ultra, you think so, yeah, yeah, they've used ultra before, but. Yeah, I mean that that is the most logical thing, which is that the Mac Studio or whatever has like the 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 fanciest version of the M1 is the Ultra. I I take your point that I mean Ultra is a pretty generic moniker, but I guess in terms of using that phrase to describe specific products or s- specific variations of products, it is a little odd to use that same word in two of your product lines to mean dramatically different things. But anyway, um, name aside, um, this is this is kind of the long rumored, bigger, more kind of endurance sport slash adventure focused watch. And you know, there there was also you know in addition to speculation around the name, or I guess this was kind of in conjunction with speculation around the name, is there was a lot of back and forth before the event about like was this going to be like a, just a higher end Apple watch that would, you know, also have, you know, benefits to extreme athletes. Um, or would this be more of like a, um, I'm totally blanking on the, what, what's the other company that makes these like Garmin. Garmin. Thank you. Um, um, or there, there's another one too, isn't there? There's like Garmin and, oh, okay. Um, like, you know, is it going to be more like one of those? Um, and um, it was, I mean, it was very, very much focused on extreme sports. Like there wasn't, there wasn't any sort of um, like description or marketing around this watch just being like a general, like nicer Apple watch. And he, I mean, even so, the look of it is is more like. I don't know, kind of just like ruggedy. Yeah. So to to give an overview of what this thing is, so the uh, as we've talked about, the existing Apple Watches in, in modern generations have come in a forty five millimeter, which is the largest, uh, which is the largest screen case size, and then the forty one. So quick, quick rundown on the Apple Watch Ultra stuff. So it is a forty nine millimeter screen in a extra ruggedized Amer- uh, American aerospace designed uh, titanium finish. Uh, with a raised edge flat screen, it comes with an extra action button uh, in international orange, which again, and this is the part about this watch that frustrates me. And it's not that I get to be mad about it, but I fucking love the color orange. And so much of this watch is orange and I'm never going to buy this thing. And that makes me sad <laughs> because one, like, I mean, cause it's already like, I've, I've got medium, small wrists and I, the 45 is already kind of a stretch. Like the 41, I, I I can't feel comfortable with that due to battery life concerns, but I I, can't, I don't know. But forty nine is huge. But yeah, so it's it's a more ruggedized case, a casing made out of titanium and a whole bunch of fancy words. 
Um, it's got a uh, digital crown with some like raised edges and more pronounced like little notch dealies. And in general, it's, it's like it's just a super ruggedized watch. And because it is bigger and thicker, they have essentially doubled the battery life. So they mentioned it gets 36 hours uh, of average use, inclusive of like GPS stuff. Um, and if you en- enable low power mode, it goes up to 60. Um, so essentially, uh, uh, compared to the Series 8 uh, statistics or technical specs, it's going to be literally doubled. Um, it's got a much louder speaker with dual microphones. So if you somehow get lost in the wilderness and you need to make like an alert sound, you can do that. Um, it has dual band GPS, which is neat, which they mentioned specifically if you want to do like marathon running in a situation where you have... Um, like, and I've had this situation, like, where if you're running downtown where there's a lot of, like, tall buildings, like, you can get kind of erratic GPS trails. So it uses two different types of GPS um, frequencies to try to mitigate that. Like, it has a lot of features that are 100, like, that's that's the curious part about this watch, which, and and, and I would love your feedback on this, which is that, is this a product that they expect to move in any meaningful quantities or is this kind not quite first gen apple watch edition but is it kind of a vanity project because it seems like everything they talk about is very 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 tailored to somebody who is at the minimum running marathons or is somebody who is like scuba diving or doing Iron Man stuff like it, 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 a regular Apple Watch is one hundred percent sufficient for somebody who's running a half marathon or even a full marathon. Just knowing you're gonna have to charge it when you get home. Like this is very much a very specialized thing, and because of its size and also the intriguing design, but also kind of ugly design a little bit. Like it's gonna be an acquired taste, and 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 we'll get to it. But like if you do comparisons to what because like I like I know runner runners and like the, a lot of them like do like swear by their Garmin Phoenix watches and their forerunners and all that kind of stuff and, like for very specific reasons. So I guess like what what is your read on this product as in terms of like will it sell? Is this just a fun thing for Apple and like who is this actually for? That that was the those were the exact questions that I was thinking about throughout this entire part of the presentation it it just seems like such a like a niche product i mean apple must have the data to show that it's going to appeal to enough people but all of the examples that they were showing around the types of activities that that people were doing with this watch and what this watch is is better at than just the regular apple watch it just seems like such a small addressable market um, and I was thinking about, you know, the rumors that led up to the watch or in, in, which we talked a little bit about earlier, but to go into kind of more detail on, you know, going back a couple of years, there were rumors around there being a, it's like a new type of Apple watch that was going to be extreme sports focused. And it was like, okay, yeah, that, that, that kind of makes sense. But then, you know, rumors started evolving into, well, this is going to be like a, a really high-end Apple Watch. It's going to come, you know, well above um, the existing line. And I always thought that 
that that did that was kind of weird that like the 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 high end premium product was going to be extreme sports focused and not not sort of like the MacBook Pro or the iPhone Pro well, where so, you know the high end of the line you know still has relatively broad appeal. Well, so I guess let me challenge you on that, which is that what does a non sports focused more premium Apple Watch look like? Because I mean, because if, if you if you go for the it's more premium in terms of fashion, that's how you end up with like the Hermes thing. But I guess like what what would they augment or enhance to make to to try to sell a more costly Apple Watch that's fancier that isn't taking an extreme angle? I, I'm I'm not advocating that there should be something. I I don't know what that would would be. Mm. Um, but then you know the 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 rumors then sort of evolved more recently into like well this is going to be a high-end apple watch but it's going to be a, a kind of an aspirational product very much like the macbook pro and you know iphone pro R, where yeah it's it, it's it's going to have you know features that are going to appeal to a kind of like you know extreme sport athletes but it, it's also going to be just a a device for people who just want like the nicest best apple watch but it you know there were never really any details around like what exactly that would be which was ex- exactly your question um and, and the reason there really wasn't an answer to those those questions is because this device didn't end up being that it really didn't end up being kind of like what the original rumors suggested which is that it was going to be just exclusively an extreme sports focused watch which you know I- like I think is like I think it's fine. Like I think it's totally fine that this exists. Like I I'm sure there are some number of people this will will appeal to because I I do understand, um, you know, people who run longer distances, for example. Like a regular Apple Watch can barely make it through like a marathon. Like I remember, <sighs> I, well, I, I, I remember, mm-hmm. I, well, when I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking, you know, from a personal anecdote, but when I ran the San Francisco marathon a number of years ago, like I very much remember my Apple watch dying, like literally minutes after I crossed the finish line, Did you have which your worked phone? out pretty well, but did you have your phone with you? Yes, I did. So that's the part that doesn't make sense because I mean, because with that one, I like so I paid attention to that and like, and I mean, I my my average runs are like five to eight miles, and like, if you're if you're like if I'm doing Spotify, if if I don't have my phone, I'm doing Spotify streaming and GPS. It will generally like a a six mile run with that over the course of like fifty five minutes. We'll we'll use maybe twenty five percent of the power. But if you're well, to if be you're, to be clear, like this was. I think maybe the second generation Apple Watch. Like this well, yeah, was back so, so, in. Like... So, so that's my point, and it's it's gotten way more efficient. Where if you have your phone with you, it doesn't engage the watch's GPS at all, and it's literally only using the uh, sensors, um, the health sensors for it. So I would say that's probably not the case today. But like with with the Apple Watch Ultra, like I I can, in terms of like kind of what is the address the product market fit in the addressable market uh, for this. Like ultra marathoners and that kind of thing, which is probably fairly small, but I do think it would fit in terms of being an aspirational product. But also, you have people who maybe want it for the extreme durability of it. Like I, I can, I can see like burly dudes or people who who like think that that's kind of their their the image they're trying to present. So even if they're not really that active, 
having the people who kind of like who are and this, this is not meant as a pejorative like but like people who are buying like uh jeep wranglers and whatever and, and who like wear carhartt stuff and like there's there's definitely like an aesthetic and kind of a an aspirational thing about showing like a, like of ruggedness and i can see people who would buy this for that reason like in the same way that somebody might buy a stainless steel watch or an Hermes watch, they they it it, it has enough of a halo or, or of like a, of a possible extensibility of appeal where it's not necessarily just the athleticism uh, aspect. It is that it, it boasts that extra durability and also communicates that hey, this is the most expensive one. Again, excluding the Hermes one. I kind yeah, of get it. I, I I I guess so. Um, but like the the size of it, I do think That's is a bit huge. of a yeah is is a limiting factor there. Like, cause you know, I, as we'll get into with the phone, like I mean, I I love my big ass phones. Um, and I and I like I like my my big you know Apple Watch. Like I've always gotten the the bigger size. But I was actually thinking about that in in the lead up to the event, which is. I, I was hoping that this new Apple Watch, which w- it was pretty certain it was going to be bigger, like I was actually kind of hoping it would just be extreme sports focused and not have anything I was interested in because so no temptation. Yeah, like I'm looking at my <laughs> you know my 45 millimeter Apple Watch, thinking like I I don't want anything bigger than this. Um, <laughs> so uh, you love your Kirby watch. Okay. Anyway, so that's I guess the other part about. So who do you think? Is actually going to buy this because, like, I guess, do you know anything about the smart, the 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 fitness, the current state of the fitness watch game? And I mean, no, not not really. Like, I I am vaguely aware of these, you know, Garmin watches that that people have, but I don't really know any you know details about them. So it's a weird industry right now so basically because i because i've always done cursory research on this because sometimes i get a, a little bit disillusioned with the apple watch but like it overall i mean cliff notes like it's 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 the best out there and it's pretty good but so you have at the low end you've you've got you've got your fitbits and they they have their lineup of between 150 and like 400 dollars. and even if you get the really really nice fitbit which i think is called the um is it the inspired they, they just the came charge? out with like a new one didn't they they did but wait did did the acquis- or at least did the acquisition of fitbit ever go through with google is it is it a google company now oh, or did that, ever, did everybody everybody forgot that yeah google bought them they're a google company oh. um yeah so the the nice one is called the sense and it's three hundred dollars and it's fine, but like basically, like, and and this is the part where, so I mean, I'll, I'll kind of cover what what's out there. But the main question that people have to decide is, do you want cellular connectivity? And increasingly, for me, that has been a one. As somebody who's not always seen the value, as somebody who is working through phone and screen addiction, like not having your phone's really fucking nice a lot of the time. And yeah. the Fitbit products have none of that. And if you go to Garmin, who they make, um, like anybody who I know who is extra, extra serious about running, 80% of them have Garmin Forerunners, or they have, I think it's also called the Garmin Phoenix. 
So those are fairly premium priced. Like I think one of the most popular ones is called the Garmin Four Runner, like four, like as in golf. Um, nine, uh, the nine fifty five, and that thing costs five hundred dollars. And even though uh, Garmin makes many, many, many smartwatches that have GPS functionality, this is the only one that you can pay for LTE on. So LTE, like cellular connectivity, is not common on these types of watches. But the reason that you'd buy this over an Apple Watch is that one, Garmin has generally much faster and much more accurate GPS lock. It'll provide some more statistics that are a bit more focus for fitness people but that is before watch os 9 which seems to kind of close the gap on that a little bit but like i get the appeal of this but and 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 the other big draw is the battery life so on these you generally can get about two weeks between charges which is insane if you think about it compared to an apple watch but you have to think about like i the people who opt for this and kind of are making that value judgment, you have to, like, I guess, like, if you were to summarize it, what do you think the value, how would you describe the general value proposition of an Apple Watch in a couple sentences? Not just the Ultra specifically, but just in general? Yeah. It's a way to track fitness data and a way to make iPhone notifications more serviceable. Yeah, and also pay for stuff, and also it's it's a I guess like oh what yeah that's actually well but yeah, like how true. how I would broaden out your second sentence right, which I think is the most important part is that it is if it's an you, extension of your iPhone bingo thank you there, that was better, better than how I was going to frame it <laughs> which is that like yes like because you don't get the I mean get the whole the vertical integration and all and the 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 unfair advantage that Apple's able to leverage by being um, the platform maker of the of the most popular smartphone in the U.S. Like, you get much more deeper integration. Where So, yes, like, it, the Apple Watch is a way to be able to keep my phone in my pocket much more of the time. And I can pay for stuff do, because of Apple Pay. And I can get texting notifications. And I can uh, control music and AirPlay and re- be a remote control for my Apple TV. Like, all that extra stuff. So, that when you're deciding on this type of thing, if you're somebody who thinks that, no, literally all I want is the most accurate fitness statistics and long battery life, that is why the smartwatch division of Garmin is still a going concern. But if you, but that's kind of discounting what a smartwatch can be. But I was on like the Reddit, uh, the the running forum on Reddit and like, like looking at the reaction to this from people. And there's a lot of people who just like refuse to can ever consider something that you have to charge even every two days. And I feel like, like, and that's the part where it's tricky that, the ultra is never going to address that for people because the people that value a lot of the things that the ultra brings to the table still find that even with a battery that's double the size, that charging something every two days is a non-starter. So that's where, yeah, I kind of don't know how well this is going to sell, except for the people that think having the ultra is going to be a flex. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you're either like because and that's the weird part where we're going to go back to the SE pricing is that I don't really know where Fitbit fits into this because it is cheaper, but also like it feels like the Apple Watch could be just an absolute segment killer if they made one that's actually pretty decent and it was one ninety nine. Yeah, I don't know. So both at the low end and at the ultra high end now with the ultra, I oh, ultra high end, huh? 
Um, I, d- I don't really know if it's actually going to speak to a ton of people either way. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think the SE at 249 does. Cause when, what, what did you just say? That Fitbit thing was 300? No, that was the nicest Fitbit. The, the, if you go for a crappy Fitbit, <laughs> um, the Versa is, the, is 149. But is the, I mean, the, again, like a genuine question, like is the nicest Fitbit better than an Apple Watch SE? No, not at all. Okay. No, but, oh, but that's so. where but that's where we're comparing it to the crappiest Fitbit. <laughs> Again, like because because if you're somebody who who is hemming and hawing over fifty dollars at that price point, like you're not ever going to consider because you don't see enough value in the product category to ever uh, consider a five hundred dollar watch. So yeah, okay, that, that's fair. So that's where I mean, again, like and that's the thing where I totally get where where Tim or whoever Tim delegates to to that keeps. That's like the the devil monkey on his shoulder, that's telling him, "Hey, keep the keep the crappy cheap stuff around." Like I get where that one ninety nine price point is that compelling, but he just, yeah, it's it's the monkey's paw. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, know if that's the right. Oh, yeah, Fitbit dot com has a services tab. That's pretty good. Um, uh, anyway. Well, so so to try to try and bring uh, this you. conversation full circle and to bring it back, back on to. Track. Uh, to bring it back to colors, which is is I guess kind of be- becoming my my little corner about the Apple Watch. Um, no colors on the Apple Watch Ultra. It's it's natural titanium, and that's that's it. Um, I'm with you. Cool cool colors on like the well color I guess on the the um what what did they what's the the new button called the action button. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's like a cool orange, um, but other than that, no no color choices um, on the ultra. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see how how it does. I mean the the Apple Watch. Like when you actually like look back at its history, is sort of full of versions that didn't last very long. Um, you know, I'm thinking of like obviously like the gold watches, and like they they did like that ceramic watch for a year or two. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I guess actually maybe one last thought. It'll be really interesting to see what the like what the cycle is with the Ultra. Like, does this just get updated every year with the other Apple Watches? Like, assuming that the Series Nine next year gets like a new processor, like would and, and you know whatever other refinements it's going to get. Like, does the Ultra get that as well? I don't know. It'll be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's like the Mac Studio of the, of the lineup, which is that like probably not going to get a bunch of case, like it's going to get a case redesign far less frequently than the regular Apple Watch, but it's probably fairly easy to drop in the newest um, system on a whatever it's called the SIP. Well, we haven't we haven't seen Apple update the Mac Studio yet, <laughs> so we'll we'll see. I mean, they've they've already kind of made like an odd decision with not putting the m2 in the um the imac the new 24 inch imac mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see how reliably apple updates 
their yeah. products now that now that they're all in their own silicon. Yeah. Uh, random question. I was looking at the nine to five Mac comments and is the temperature sensor li- literally only so during the keynote it was, it was um, positioned as being important for um, like a female fertility feature, but is it straight up not functional if you're a guy? Like, does it, well, does that, it, that, that's, that's, that's what I was saying earlier that like the, the rumors before the event were like, there wasn't going to just be like a temperature app where you could just like look at your current body temperature. It was going to be more of a, like a, your body temperature relative to its baseline kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the only, the only use case they showed in the presentation was the menstrual cycle tracking my guess is there will be APIs that developers can hook into to, I don't know, maybe use it for other purposes. And I, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some third-party developer that'll come up with some kind of calculation to, to basically have it just show you what it thinks your current body temperature is. But, but Apple but, didn't. But- but out of the box, that in a first party way. But out of the box, we it it is it does not sound like there's a feature that says, "Hey, regardless of gender, you are possibly running a fever, or you're you're two degrees normal than you normally are." Yeah, the Apple didn't. Yeah, they didn't talk anything about you know getting notifications if your watch sensed that your body's temperature was elevated or anything like that. Got it. All right, um, and then do you want to do a, a quick hit on AirPods? Yeah, so this is the Air- AirPods Pro second generation. Um, I I am not an owner of the original AirPods Pro. I believe you are. Is that right? So I had the AirPods Pro and uh, sold them when the AirPods 3 came out because I wasn't a fan of the way that noise cancellation worked on the AirPods Pro um, on uh, phone calls and video calls. Got it. Because you um, never actually bought the AirPods Pro, right? No, because I I knew I didn't want any sort of noise cancellation on a pair of headphones that I was also going to use for video calls, which I mm-hmm. do a ton with with AirPods. Because I've had limited experience with other types of noise canceling headphones that have had built in microphones, and trying to use those uh, to for like calls and stuff. And I just I just don't I don't like that experience. Um, so I've always just stuck with the regular AirPods. I think I am going to try the AirPods Pro, like these new AirPods Pro, not to replace my regular AirPods, but to be, I guess, like complementary of those where I I, lo- I still really like the um, regular AirPods for, you know, Zoom calls and, and things like that. But where they're not as great is is like on walks. That that's the biggest thing for me. Where you know because they don't have any sort of noise cancellation. If you're in any sort of environment that's got even a little bit of background noise, like even you know, a bunch of cars driving by, for example, like if I go for a walk in the morning and it's like around the same time that the school around here is starting, like there's a you know million cars driving by. Like regular AirPods don't do very well in those in that type of environment. So I do think that the AirPods Pro would be potentially good for that. I have some <laughs> concerns around the fit because it seems like the fit is is kind of similar to yeah. the Beats yeah. fit 
fits that that well except the beats fit are better because <laughs> because that's the problem with, with the airpod uh, pros is that the, in my experience they were kind of that kind of thing where after you've walked like half a mile in them they kind of lose their seal a little bit and that's why i love the beats fit pro so much is that they they're perfect because they got that little wingtip dealy and they they never lose the fit i mean i i get your point like i i think thinking of them as complementary is a nice idea but i guess what i would ask is in the couple of days that you gave the beats fit pro a try did you because that would have been your first experience with transparency mode right uh they it would have been but i didn't get you never that got far that far with them. Oh, i mean well, they were then... just they were just so uncomfortable that i i knew i knew i wasn't gonna use them you know even for non-workout stuff mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it's a decent strategy you know again just just buy them directly from apple and that way you have you have uh no you have you have guilt-free returns right. because they're a, a morally questionable company <laughs> and um yeah i mean uh, that's interesting uh, like so what so give me a rundown so like what what is the so they have the h2 something or other in them and they that enables like i couldn't really tell other than the enhancements to the case and something called personalized spatialized spatial audio i don't actually know what the advantages of them are they didn't they started with the h2 but then they they didn't really go into a bunch of details to like what that what is, was what going to yeah um yeah the 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 things that they focused on were um personalized spatial audio which is an, a new feature where using the true depth sensor on your iphone this it, it's basically like this i guess the sonos like true play equivalent where it's it's basically trying to you know use a well i guess it's not a microphone in this with sonos true play it's using microphones i guess with with this it's using the some kind of visual thing with the, the true depth camera but basically you know changing the eq such that you know the sound is more catered to like your specific um ears in the way that sonos true play is supposed to like cater speak their speakers to the room that they're in um i mean you and i are documented um well not fans anti-fans of um spatial audio so well and, and to, to make a quick clarification spatial audio is or is not head because the head tracking is like the part is like so there's spatial audio which is that the tracks on apple music sound different but not better but then isn't there another one where depending on where your head is rotated is that also spatial audio or is that a different thing it, yeah, so like if you go into the um um options of any you know Apple headphones that support this, I think even like the Beats Fit Pro supports this as well. Um when you enable spatial audio, there's two different types of it. There's one with head tracking and one without. So if you, if you have the head tracking one enabled, it it does the thing where basically tries to have it so like the sound is always coming from a fixed point um whereas you know spatial audio without that head tracking is is like I, sort of more of just like it's supposed to be like an immersive audio um um i don't even know what the right format or whatever 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, I've always found it to just not sound as good as just like whatever the like non spatial audio equivalent is. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the, the personalized spatial audio thing works, but that was, yeah, that was really kind of the only thing they highlighted in terms of like, you know, well, I guess really like the, the headphones themselves because yeah, every, everything else was really about the, the case, which, which is getting a lot of, you know, kind of nice upgrades. It, it's now going to work with, um, an Apple watch charger, which is kind of cool. Um, also will work with MagSafe, which I, I think that's also new as well. I, you, you've, you've been able to use them on, um, you've been able to charge them with like Qi chargers for a while, but I, I don't think either Apple watch or MagSafe chargers have worked in the past. Yeah. The, 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 the Apple watch charge thing made no sense to me. Like, I mean, I guess I don't. Who who is that moving the needle for? It's it's well it's you know one less cable to travel with when you're you know when you're maybe I I don't know it, it's it's sort of just like oh yeah. is is the um is the AirPods Pro two case uh, Lightning or USB C <laughs> Lightning well, of course it is so that then no it's not one less cable so you can charge it with your funky cell no no they don't get credit for that. Yeah, it, it 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 is weird. It's not USB C. Um, but anyway, so there's that. There um, is the you know close tracking ability, so you can you can use an iPhone with a U1 chip to be able to figure out you know exactly where the case is. Um, it can also emit a sound, um, and then it's also got a little hook for a lanyard, which is which is kind of neat. Um, I've actually never really had a problem just putting AirPods it's cases pocket. into like a backpack or a pocket, but um, I don't know. Seems like that could be that could be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, overall, like AirPods, AirPods Pro came out a year and a half ago, and they're well, solid product. People seem to like them. I, I'm surprised that that they are, it, it, that is the that is the that it is the best selling one, uh, especially at the price point, like. AirPods Pro have consistently been marked down at a variety of retailers. Like it's been like this, like oddly, like permanent sale for the past year by fifty dollars off. So they have one ninety nine, and the third gen AirPods have been one seventy nine. So I kind of buy the fact that they're the most high highest volume sellers. But um, yeah, that was kind of interesting. But I mean, it's, it's yeah, a worthwhile. I, I was kind of surprised by that too. Yeah, I'm interested to see how many AirPod AirPod Maxes people are buying. Probably and hopefully very few. But anything else on the Apple headphones stuff or iPhone time? I think it's iPhone time. Okay. What do we get? So we got basically what the rumors said we were going to get, which is um, on the, the non-pro line, we were going to get um, the, you know, the, the 6.1-inch phone that we've been getting for a while. But then instead of a mini, we were going to instead get a, you know, max sized phone, so which is, I think, a 6.7 inch screen, uh, but, but you know, not in the, the pro um, family. So whatever, you know, features which are specific to the pro line um, would you know, not be included in this phone. So instead, you could just get, you know, a 
a quote unquote, you know, base level um big phone. And that that's exactly what we got, which is the iPhone 14 plus um also rumors around this phone you know not having a a new processor so just you know sticking with the a15 from last year those those ended up being um exactly spot on um some minor upgrades um to the camera You'd, you'd be the one to maybe provide the detail there um and then, you know, to go back to my favorite topic tonight, colors, um, exceptionally boring muted colors, which I, I guess I'm somewhat happy about just because the last couple of years, like the non-pro phones have had way cooler colors, which has been kind of a disappointing part of buying the the pro phones. But this year, the non-pro colors are just as boring as the pro colors, so not not missing out on anything this year eh, kind of so oh, and, and then the the satellite stuff i guess i i forgot like the thing that they focused the most on but um yeah i mean the colors are fine i don't think that's terribly different than it's been before um they got rid of the green and pink is gone i believe so otherwise, it's just, it's just midnight, regular blue, starlight, purple, and red. Um, so they'll probably do a mid-season refresh, and there'll be one other color at that point. But yeah, I mean the fourteen. So I mean the, the takeaways from the fourteen. So yeah, so same processor as last year, minimal changes, same notch size, same everything else, and then yeah, the camera quality has been improved. Uh, we'll probably talk more about the cameras in terms of the fourteen Pro, but as a precursor, the, the during the fourteen they did. Uh, tease and introduce the action shot mode, I think it was called. Um, or sorry, active shot, which it inc- uh, basically crops in the image a little bit and then uses both sensor shift and um, software image stabilization to um, make um, like high motion video recording look much more stable without needing to have like a uh, a gimbal or like a DJI, uh, DJI product. So that's kind of neat. But otherwise, I mean, the, the 14, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a 13 with a nicer camera and that's pretty much it. Yep. Um, and then there's the iPhone 14 pro line. Um, same screen sizes there, um, as for, I guess the past couple of years now, um, you know, significantly improved camera system, which which we'll get get more into, and um, of course the the biggest feature, which comes with one of the, <laughs> one of the strangest names of of all time, um, and I'm I'm actually it, it's so strange. I'm actually even I'm I'm forgetting about it. Sorry, we're talking about um, the notch. Yeah, it is. It's a dynamic island. Dynamic island. That's right. Um, Which is a bad name, but I think a cool feature. It's. Um, It's. So here's the thing about Apple stuff, and and no matter no matter how much crap I give Apple, I'm somebody who has probably much more interaction with Android phones in on a regular basis than you do, and 
Apple phones still excel, no matter how like how old they are, is in terms of being visually fluidly responsive, even if it's an older iPhone or something that gets slower. Um, and this feels very much that way. And they actually mentioned it multiple times during the keynote of talking about um how they're meant to have like the, the the notifications and the way the animations work are meant to be playful and each type can have its own personality so like the they had the examples of what the the face id animation looks like compared to the thing when you tap your clip card versus uh transitioning out of apple music to have the little now playing bar like all of that all of those were different um examples of ways that you can use this new both smaller but also in certain cases larger expanded but kind of more refined notch so yes i mean a super super silly name but the actual concept itself is not bad like it's actually a very unique and kind of clever way to under to to deal to mitigate and deal with the fact that you're never going to get rid of the notch entirely unless you're willing to because even if you do the whole samsung punch out camera approach like it's still very pronounced and you're never going to get rid of it unless you choose to take a dramatic step back on front-facing camera quality but i mean overall yeah i, I pretty neat yeah i i thought that that, that was one of the the coolest parts of the presentation today was was going through the the dynamic island stuff and i'm it'd be really interesting to see what developers do um with with you know whatever kind of hooks they have into that system two notes on that one thing i did like is that um kind of like the thing when you're in a phone call like it allows you to actually like uh expand the little phone controls like of like mute and speakerphone and audio source without actually having to jump into the phone app i thought that was very nice and also, now now I have to go make sure I'm listening to a cool song whenever I take a screenshot. Like, that I don't like. It, it's that you can now see the cover art of whatever you're listening to whenever you take a <laughs> screenshot. That's stress I don't need in my life. I don't know. It's, <laughs> um, um, yeah. I, so another feature from the Pro Phones, which I, I forgot to mention in my summary, and I, I think in part because... Apple breezed past this feature really, really fast. They didn't have much of a story to tell there, which is the always-on display, which I I guess feels like exactly kind of like the bare minimum of what it could be, which is that it's it's just going to be your iPhone screened, dimmed, but still showing the, the new home screen widgets that are a part of iOS 16. And there wasn't really anything described beyond that, um, which I mean, I guess. So I, I guess, guess is, is cool. I mean, is this a feature it, that appeals to you whatsoever? Because like it feels like I, it, it's probably much less um, useful or important for people who actually do enjoy and are committed to the Apple Watch. I, that, that's what I was going to say. As an Apple Watch owner, I I can't immediately think of where I would use this instead of just looking at my apple watch um i mean i haven't downloaded any of the ios 16 betas over the summer so i i don't have any good feel for you know how good these home screen widgets are so you know i i guess if they're 
is more information or different information that's better displayed on my phone than it would be on the watch, maybe that would be a use case for it. Um, yeah, kind of kind of TBD. And then maybe part of why Apple doesn't have a, a really big story to tell here is, you know, so much of, I think, how good the always-on display is going to be is going to come down to, you know, third-party implementations of these new widgets. So I guess we're just going to kind of have to see what that looks like. Although it's kind of surprising that Apple didn't have an example or two from a third-party developer about what that could be. But anyway. Yeah, and that's actually another thing that goes back to the Dynamic Island thing is I feel bad for software developers, which is that... um like do they they want to put do they have to put that much effort into something that only works on the 14 pro cuz they have to do a fair bit amount of work to support that feature yeah. i would think so yeah. yeah yeah um oh well you know one other one other use of of the dynamic island that they showed that i just remember that i thought was really cool was another feature of ios 16 is the i think it's called live notifications where you know I guess like the most common use of this is going to be like sports scores where, you know, instead of getting a separate push notification, every time there's a change in a score of a game that you're following, you can instead just get a little widget like thing that updates as the score updates. And you can, you can have basically that little, you know, widget or tile live up in the dynamic Island. It's like they showed a, you know, a baseball game score that just kind of lives up there, which that's kind of cool. Wasn't that, I feel like that's kind of like deja vu, like, or it's, it's a reimagining or, or or a different take on a feature that was announced as part of watch, uh, watch OS, iOS 16. Cause didn't they mention a whole thing of where, Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's, that's what I just said. Yeah. It's, it's, Oh, so it's so it's not actually specifically tied to the dynamic. No, it, it's it's but it's it's, it, take, it, it, it's taking the live notification feature of iOS sixteen and then yeah. bringing it up into yeah. Because I remember they had the whole thing about like lift, like you could have a thing where like your lift ride instead of getting like eight notifications saying oh your ride's confirmed, your ride's on its way, and your ride is here now. Like it, it's just much more of a fluid kind of just active widget or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Active, active button, yeah. <laughs> um, so okay so so we're on the 14 pro now right yes we are so yeah. do you want to talk cameras well they, I, I really want to because i i left the keynote feeling like i wanted to rewatch the camera section but instead of doing that i i thought well i'll just have carlos explain it to me well i was i was distracted when i was watching this so it probably could be less useful but <sighs> it's interesting so the several points on this. So one, the 14 Pro has the same general camera, right? Which you have the ultra wide, which emulates probably like a 15 millimeter camera. You have what was previously confusingly, but also kind of accurately called by Apple, the wide angle lens, which they have now started calling the main the lens, main, which I think is main camera, which right. is so much better. Because if you tell somebody, "Hey, this you're using the wide-angle lens," the one they they have no idea what you're talking about, and most people wouldn't consider the standard camera lens to be a wide ang- a wide-angle lens, which I mean it, it technically is. It, the cutoff's usually forty millimeters, but so you have the main camera lens, and then you have still the bad three X lens. Like it's 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 not good, but it is still the thing that we have. 
But my understanding is that the main camera lens has now, it's it's the only one that got upgraded in terms of megapixels, but the sensor, and again, there's a difference between file size and file output and sensor. So just like your full frame camera is a 24 megapixel camera and my A7R 4 is a 61, it like how you save it can vary, but it's the total amount of resolution that the sensor captures. So the main camera is now a 48 megapixel camera and they are using that in a couple of ways where through, and I, I won't pass judgment here, but like the, 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 the deep fusion and all, all the computational photography stuff that Apple does for better or for worse on your photos, that is now being even more deeply integrated by leveraging that 48 megapixel camera, but then ultimately creating an image that is 12 megapixels. And that can manifest itself in a couple of different ways which is that you can now either do like a 2x emulated mode that will only use the center of the camera sensor, but you still get native resolution on it. Or you can use it to get more enhanced details in certain elements of a photo, but still ultimately save a 12 megapixel image unless you are shooting in what Apple calls Pro Raw, and in which case you can get a true 48 megapixel image if you would like it. But overall, even though the camera quality and sensor have been improved, you are not going to suddenly have file sizes that are four times as large. Right, right. Yeah. Unless you're shooting in that raw format, I suppose. Which I can't imagine who on earth is. Like, I've done it once on a whim. It's like, as, as, I mean, I I try to keep nudging you into the fancy camera-ness. But, I mean... Raw is nice a lot of times, but sometimes it's just extra work. Like I get it. Like in, in a smartphone camera, I I just cannot imagine shooting raw with any regularity. But nice that right. it's available. Um, and I get. I think the, I guess the thing with the 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 processing that Apple's doing, which which they rebranded right, the fo- photonic engine, I think is what they're calling it now. Um, I guess the the big thing this year is that it it's happening earlier in the pipeline like i think they said something to the effect of that it's it's processing or it's it's doing its processing on like the uncompressed version of the image so that it can like do more to it i guess i that that was that was my takeaway Mm -hmm. yep and then so a few other things so uh because of the different sensor size uh apparently the one thing that's actually very very intriguing to me that they've mentioned across the board is that because of the sensor improvements uh night mode is now twice as fast because that is the one thing that bugs the crap out of me where i so frequent like night mode is sometimes nice but so often it ruins photos because it's it's like nope I'm gonna take two full seconds to try to take this picture and people are moving and it's just it's just not what I want. So the fact that that is potentially gonna be twice as fast is very intriguing. Um, the there were improvements to the ultra wide that will make it suck less, but I I generally don't use the ultra wide because the current lens quality is so poor. And then the 3x lens is just it's it's just a mess. So overall, like I mean, I think it's very good, and a lot of the stuff that they talked about seemed interesting. But we have talked in the past about how deep fusion and a lot of the machine learning things that Apple does on photos 
is doing too much where it's 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 making things that should not really be sharp and have that much clarity be that way and a lot of times you'll get like the the hdr is just too it's too it's just not realistic so i'm nervous but cautiously optimistic about how it's gonna work yeah, I know. Like it, it sounds like a very, very robust and nice, and one of the, the biggest camera improvements in quite a while. But because of how much they talked about the machine learning and deep fusion stuff, I get a little bit nervous. And also, the examples that they gave about, like, they had like a bunch of like studio shots that made no sense because like they weren't really showcasing what the camera itself can do. They were just showing how somebody can light. A, a scene in the studio environment like <laughs> yeah. i don't i just kind of like they're like oh hey look look at this model who you can see her natural skin to- skin tones and, and texture but also you can see every fiber on her scarf and all like but yeah but i mean kind of like that's so you, of, of course anything would look nice in a, in absolutely perfect studio lighting i just i don't know <laughs> it's it's a, it's gonna be a big upgrade but um yeah apple tends to go a little bit heavy-handed on the on the photography stuff and as as a reminder, I'm still super grouchy about that time that Phil Schiller, I think when the iPhone XS came out, declared traditional photography dead because the iPhone is so great. So, again, still a little grouchy about that. Um, this, this the satellite stuff, which Apple spent a crazy amount of time on, and which was you know has been rumored for a long time. I don't I don't think I really have anything to say on that unless you do i mean i I I think it's neat um i think in the um it's weird in context of um what's what's the other one a t-mobile announced a a partnership a couple of weeks ago with uh, starlink uh the, the elon musk company where they were saying that, hey, we're going to experiment with trying to allow some modern smartphones to connect to Starlink satellites to do phone calls and other stuff in areas with no cell coverage, which seemed kind of interesting, but also kind of felt like a little vapor, vaporware-y. Um, I mean, I think this is neat. They didn't... The one part about the Apple implementation of this, which is going... It's... Um, I saw this on Hacker News earlier today. What is it... Um, because there's a company. Oh, yeah. So it's called Global Star. So uh, Apple has agreed to purchase 85 percent of the satellite network capacity of a of a startup called Global Star, and that is how they're doing this. So the part that I am curious about is that Apple talked about, hey, this is a super integral part of the iPhone experience, and that is why we are including it for uh two years. What's the cost after that? They yeah, they, they haven't. They haven't said. Yeah. So, I mean, I th- I think that's interesting. I think, like, I mean, I have had, like, I'm I'm not again, I'm not I'm not the Apple Watch Ultra type demo, but I've had a couple of situations in remote hikes where, well, I I, I got anxious that my phone had no service whatsoever if something goes wrong. So, I mean, I I think it's interesting, and I think it's an interesting value add. But it's like it feel it's like an ask. It's an important safety feature, but it's also an aspirational feature. So, it's cool. I I forget where I saw this, but it, I thought it was a, an interesting point um, that someone made where, when talking about the the satellite service and 
you know, like what that would look like maybe as like a paid service. The the challenge for Apple would be if it does become a paid service actually at at some point, there's inevitably gonna be that story of someone who was in a situation with an iPhone who mm-hmm. hadn't paid for the service, but you know, perhaps could have been saved had uh, they had it. And dear, that's Dear Tim. And right. And that's you know, I at some point you Apple maybe you ask yourself the question of it, it would that be worth having that story out there do we just do we just continue to give this away um although i do have to admit that while watching the presentation today i actually because i obviously hadn't seen that point being made um when i was thinking about this but um they repeatedly described it as a service like the number of times they used the word service through that part of the presentation um, I, I lost track of, and so I, I thought for sure, like, oh, hey, here we go, services revenue, um, mm. but it, it is, it is a little bit more complicated with, a, with a, with a service like that. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see, um, but not something that Apple has to think about or say anything about for <laughs> the next couple of years here. Sure. So two other quick things about this one is that um, it is text messaging only. Uh, no attachments whatsoever, no voice calling, no data connectivity whatsoever. Um, if you are in, uh, so it, it will use not, it's not ultra wideband, but it will, it'll use a thing somehow to tell you to how to point it to a satellite. And it was the suggestion was that it would take 15 seconds in absolute clear skies to get a lock on a satellite. And if it's in uh, like a wooded area that would take maybe up to three minutes, but it, it, it's a very, very low bandwidth thing. And it is literally to, if you have to contact emergency services or somebody like a trusted friend and send your location, you can do so, but it is definitely not a, I'm on a hike and there's and, and uh, T-Mobile doesn't work. So therefore I like, can I use the satellite? And that is not the case. Well, and, and the part of the service that I think is, is really interesting is that, it it takes this you know this text that it's sending and it, it what it does something kind of smart where it sort of bundles your text into a series of answers to common questions that emergency responders ask you so instead of having to send you know a bunch of different messages which can take some time it instead sort of packages like a single message out that you know hopefully has all the answers that emergency responders need and then, you know, it, it will kind of figure out kind of where where to send that to. And if the answer to that is somewhere that doesn't accept just text-only messages like that, the message gets sent to a relay center where a person, I guess, you know, reads the message and then calls the appropriate emergency response team and essentially translates the message, you know, into, you know or describes it verbally. Um, mm-hmm. which is all just really, it's, re- it's really interesting. Yeah. So neat, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, abrupt change, but like, yeah, super, super psyched about this active shot image stabilization, but, um, we will see how that goes. Other random observations. Kind of, kind of digging that purple color. Mm, mm-hmm. Deep it, purple. Yeah. It's nice. Cause I, I, yeah, I, I Sierra blue is meh. You you just got gray, right? 
uh, well, my, yeah, my current phone is graphite, and then the, the phone that I'll be ordering here in a couple of days is uh, Space Black, which Wait. is not an Hermes exclusive on the iPhone. Apple.com slash iPhone. What is I, I didn't actually pay attention to that part. iPhone 14 Pro. Yeah, the, the iPhone 14 Pro is, I think, silver, gold, purple, and black. Wow, they're really leaning into this purple color. Well, yeah, they every every year they always have kind of one new color, and that's always like the, the featured one. So it was, you know, my beloved green color from a couple of years ago. Yeah, and but then it was Sierra Blue, and then now it's purple. Space Black looks like graphite. It probably is graphite. Like, maybe just, like, a two shades slightly deeper. Meh. Yeah, I was excited during the presentation that it would be a less muddy gray. But, Why? yeah, some of these pictures on the website make it look like it's just the same thing. Can so can we go to Cupertino and just, tell, like, how do they not know what black is? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, also, uh, in the la- last bit, prices did not change, interestingly enough. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, At least I, not in the U.S. I think I think I did see some some headlines about prices in other territories maybe changing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in d- the U.S., not. Don't tell me who won the draft, but I, I'm curious to listen to Upgrade. I, I have also not listened to Upgrade. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, but you're, you're also... You, 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 you have not listened to lots of things. The, the, the debt is still bad, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's, it's it's so bad yeah um yeah i was on vacation last week and i and i managed to go like three days without listening to the daily and i have a lot i have a, a lot of my daily podcasts fall by the wayside whenever i don't have a, a general I, commute i yeah i never ever fall behind on the daily and have multiple times this summer and it's 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 very weird have you listened to the the monday the the Estet episode no He's good, man. He, I, I he's crushing it. I, I'm so confident. Estad is. He, it's 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 a good episode. Hmm. It is not your shy Trump voter episode. I know. I know what you're nervous about, and it is not that. You might still not love it, but it's it. He he's he's good. I do like. Uh, him. Okay, purple color is cool. Uh, the last bit. Do you have anything else on the keynote that we have not talked about? Because I have one one very specific niche thing to talk about. I don't think so. So we're gonna go back to this. So I sent you a thing, and you could put the screenshot on Imager or something. So you have a have a good eye. So there was this thing where there was this demo, and I had to go back and watch this because I, I I it was a busy day at work, so I was not paying full attention when I was listening to this, and I had it on in the background. And I got to the AirPods demo, and they and, and uh, I hadn't been looking for a while, so I just looked, and they had this thing. So there's this lady in this um, goldenrod jumpsuit thing but then she's in this cafe that doesn't exist and you what did you say it was oh i i said it i said it was the um, the intersection of uh spear and harrison and it was it, am i right absolutely right nice so nice that was shocking because I did, I did not expect that level of specificity because like i i run past this like several times a week and i was like because that because that's kind of the iconic um uh, what, what was, uh, Jessica Christian Obama, uh, mm. um, let me see if I have it. Uh, yeah, so this one, so, um, close this out, send you a link. So back when we had the, um, the crazy, uh, orange skies due to the, the fires two years ago. 
uh, Chronicle photographer Jessica Christian had a really iconic photo from of that similar area on Harrison Street. And you kind of have that iconic downtown East Cut ugh, view of the Bay Bridge. And I was like, that looks so familiar. And then in this keynote thingy, like, so they have this... Apple's big into making these, like, CGI, like, you have that, like, the whole, like, fake smart home house thing. And I was like, but this looks really familiar. And, like, I, I know that brick building. And it makes no sense because, one, that cafe doesn't actually exist. And then I rewound a little bit. And they had this whole thing where they have, like, a New York subway. And it's supposed to be Muni, I guess. And then if you zoom in and on the street that is supposed to be spear street is called milky way road so apparently i saw that yeah this is the corner of harrison and milky way road it's just it's i don't know if it's clever and it's too clever by a half or it's just uncanny valley but like apple like all of apple's demos like they try to pretend they're not a bay area company sometimes but sometimes they are super bay area except it never actually involves the south bay it's always san francisco but yeah this was this was so weird because I was like, I would, t- I would totally visit a cafe that had that view and it doesn't exist because I went to Google Street View and I'm like, no, yeah, it's just a boring apartment complex right there. There's, no- there's nothing there that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I immediately recognize it because I've been in that area a ton over the years. Um, and when they, when they zoomed out, I don't know if you picked up on this part too, is I, I think that sequence was in whatever studio they normally well, yeah. use for their home set because they pull back and then because like the whole thing is like the order of operations here was that you they're on some weird bizarro new york subway that ends on the corner of harrison and spear and then they're demoing that airpods pro can cancel out noise so there's a constr- there's construction happening in the middle of harrison street which there actually is and then she I, walks. There is, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Infrastructure Week, or that's where they got the funding for it. And then she walks over into this uh, cafe that, again, does not actually exist, although the sign says existed since 1977. Um, and nothing in that neighborhood has been around there. Anyway. But yeah, and then they pull back and they do a whole thing of like, oh, hey, this was all set in this, and like, it's kind of like the smart house thing. It's so weird. I think I think it literally might be the smart home set <laughs> yeah. just repurposed for this. It's just, it, it's, it's too much. It was silly. Yeah. yeah. Although also not something that anybody like other than people who <laughs> have lived and worked near that area like you and I have uh, would think about. Yeah. Well, actually, what, what are the prices of the lattes? Yeah. Because <laughs> again, that, that's, that would, that's what would actually sell it as being a Bay Area thing. Right. All right. Anyway, that was fun. Overall, meh. I mean, I mean it's, it's fine. I'm excited for the camera stuff. I, I too am not going to upgrade my watch, but all the orange on the Apple Watch Ultra is interesting. No new headphones because, again, Beats Fit Pro, the GOAT, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. There you go. All right. Do you have a chef special? I do. Let me send you the uh, good old Amazon link. Yeah. Um, so Anchor did a big um, event back in July, I think it was, where they came out with a bunch of really cool new charging accessories that a, a wide variety, like travel ones, home ones, that a bunch of really, really good stuff. Um, and the one that really stood out to me was um, the Anchor 727 charging station. 
And the the need that I had that this has done a really nice job solving is on my desk in the office, um, I've never really had a great way just to charge stuff. Like there's not an outlet that's super convenient where my kind of where my main setup is. And like anything that's USB powered, I, I usually end up just like plugging into my laptop or into my monitor, which also has a, a USB-C charging port, but it's never really particularly convenient. I'm always having to kind of like fish cables around weird. So I wanted something, you know, on the desk that was going to be just, you know, a, 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 a easy to access USB charger. And I, I'm glad that I kind of procrastinated buying something because I was actually getting close to just getting, you know, something similar to like the Sateki thing that we have. Uh, for travel and just putting one of those on my desk but this then this anchor thing came out and it's it's basically the same idea it's got a couple of uh, USB-C and a couple of USB-A ports That's but then it also ports. has a couple of outlets as well which again for me is great because I don't I don't have outlets readily accessible from where I sit in the office so this this kind of fits the need for anything that I might need to to charge um, and like everything else, Anchor, particularly this new stuff they came out with, it's it's nice looking, <laughs> high quality. Are you on the Amazon page? I am. I like the, it's the sixth image here. Because I actually couldn't get a good feel for what the size is. But literally, it's the size of an iPhone 13 Pro. Yeah. It, that's it's, that's it's neat. Very, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very thin. Um, yeah. No, it's, 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 it's really, it's really nice. And it's really, it's, it's, um, like it's fast. Like I think the you know the USB C ports do you know the you know super super fast hundred watt charging or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's good stuff. So it's almost like we planned this. Uh, my pick, and you can scroll earlier up in the podcast ideas channel, uh, is a product that you tipped me off to, which is called the Anchor Gan Prime Seven Forty Seven Charger. Yeah, so, which I, I think I think was announced at the same same event as the um, the one that I just talked about. Yeah. So on this one, I have not had a trip to test it out with, so this was just a quick in home test just to make sure it would it would sustain the load. But I put a couple of comparison pictures in there. This charger is maybe forty percent of the size of the previous White Whale Award winner. Um, yeah, it's a tiny little dude, and it gives you three high-powered USB-C outlets and one uh, USB-A outlet. And it will do full... It'll give give out a full um, combined wattage of 150 watts. So this means that even the new M1 Ultra... Or sorry, M1 Pro... M1, sorry, M1 Max-based MacBook Pro that needs between 60 and 90 watts of power, it will provide that as well as still being able to fast charge uh, an iPhone or a Google Pixel or a, a Sony A7R3 or A7R4. Um, and it still has that legacy USB-A port to charge because I still have... My travel charger for my Apple Watch is still that uh, Apple Watch charger that came with like the cable that's like 10 feet long for some reason from the original Apple Watch because I'm too cheap to buy another one. Um, yeah. Anyway, this thing is very nice. It was $95, I think. I didn't really need to replace the Sateki thing, but 
eh, why not? It, it'll lighten a little bit. It is very dense. Like, it, yeah, this this could also be used as like a home intruder type self defense device. Like, it is it is <laughs> it is a very 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 dense brick, but it's but it's it's nice. Yeah, good 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 tip off. I, I guess the the question slash concern I have with something like this compared to the Sateki is that the cord when I travel especially yeah like I'm I'm in situations so, where plugging directly into the wall doesn't necessarily or isn't necessarily the easiest thing to do so how do you handle that so I haven't um, had that case yet but one thing it does have that is super weird so I will give you the Amazon link oh wow it's it's Oh, I, I I saved uh twenty five dollars by ordering directly from the. Uh, yeah, I think I think with some of the stuff they announced at that event, they had like a kind of an introductory price yeah. thing going on. So let me see, do they have it? Um, no, they don't. But they have this funky little like octopus thing. Anchor seventy forty seven. Um. So I sell like a cable accessory for it maybe um why do they not have a picture of this um i'll take a picture of it but basically they have this little like thing that you stick and it's got little like sucker things like octopus feet or octopus limbs and that then makes it so that it doesn't fall out of a wall outlet that doesn't have a lot of um friction it's like i tried it on a couple of outlets in my apartment which is not like it, it was built 20 years ago like so it's not brand new but it's not super old and it doesn't fall out, but I can see on like a, a one of those like hotel lamp thingies, like where where it might. But it, they do have a solution in the box for that. Well, I get that's not really what I'm talking about. I I just mean more like in a situation where an, an outlet's kind of hard to access. Oh yeah, it, it's way better having just a single cord run down to that and being able then to just plug everything into something like the Sateki, whereas this thing. You'd, you'd kind of have to like pre-plug in your USB cables and then plug the thing, you know, down behind a bedside table or wherever the outlet is. Kind of, but also if you'll notice on the picture of of my old Sateki setup is I actually bought an extremely short AC cable that's only a foot long. So I've, I actually had the opposite problem is that I would hate having like a a three or six foot power cable that I'd, I would have to coil up. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I get that concern, but at, like, I don't know, like I've over the past like two to three years, I've stayed at a lot of hotels and Airbnbs, and I've never had one that didn't have a fairly readily accessible wall outlet. And almost all of them will have like well, like one desk lamp that also has an AC plug on it. True. Yeah, yeah. that that's true. Anyway, good pick. <laughs> 